joke a lot about who the real hero is in the movies that we watch. Does this movie even have a hero? Absolutely it does. The real hero of this movie is the prophetic old man. <laughs> and I was so excited about it. Oh my God, it made me pop. As soon as he showed up, I was like, Noel's going to fucking his pants. This is exactly the character that you look for in every horror movie. Every movie in general, really, but horror movies especially. Yeah, I was so excited. I had both an erection at the start and the end of this movie for sure. Not so strong in the middle, but that's all right. We can talk all about that as we go through. Now, this old man. Did you recognize him? Yes. So he's Ace a, Ventura? Is that where he's from? Mr. Shikadaz, his landlord? Is that who it is? I hear animals in here, Ventura. <laughs> I hear him scratching around. He's the big get for this movie. He's the celebrity, uh, you know. Yeah, I could kind of tell, and I was I was excited. He definitely brought quite a bit to me for this movie. Okay, now if he's the hero, who's the real villain of this movie? Simon, that guy's a fucking asshole. Disagree. Johnny. This is all his fucking fault. Ah, oh, no just way. Just tell the kids the lake is haunted or whatever, man. Come on. He tried. He did his best. He just didn't Bullshit communicate he did. clearly. His best would have been telling them before they fucking got there. Yeah, no. Simon the psychopath is definitely Disagree. I'm putting this on Johnny. Right. Second place, Kitty. Yeah, I also think she's a villain. I actually think some of the messaging of this movie is don't trust s***s. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, she does. Uh, she switches sides very quickly depending on who's kind of in charge here. Not a good look for the ladies in this one. Welcome no. to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And today, by special request, we are watching a movie from the uh, early 2010s called Beneath. Not to be confused with a different movie called Beneath about some like coal miners who get trapped in a fucking mine. I had a little confusion about that when I was doing some research for this one. Oh, I didn't know there were two movies. So this was a request? Yeah, this was uh, a guy on Instagram hit us up. The Cinelodge is his Instagram handle. So his deal is he will post like images of a movie along with like the start of a famous line from the movie and see if you can kind of finish the lines, kind of testing your knowledge of like film quotes. So cool. yeah, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, I thought you picked it because of my love of camping and the show River Monsters. But uh, thank you to... Uh, <laughs> I don't think I know uh, what River Monsters is. Oh my is God, you've never seen it? This is a sort of documentary show where an anthropologist slash biologist goes to all of these ridiculous places in the world and fishes for monstrous freshwater fish. Look, well, I had a fucking field day with this one and that would have worked out nicely. Oh my God, Jeremy Wade is the man who is in this show and he would have loved here. He would have spent all fucking year trying to catch this monster. <laughs> I don't think it would take him that long i feel like the lake is not actually that big which is one of the like kind of strange underpinnings of this we're gonna get into this yeah, that, that's fair that is literally my most problematic part of this entire movie is that they're on a tiny lake with this massive fish and they couldn't figure out a way to get off of it well listen either way i'm glad we're talking about this so thanks to the Cinelodge for recommending this one for us if you have a chance check them out on instagram and really appreciate them jumping in here and, uh, you know, before we get into all the nuts and bolts, we have a beer connection today that I feel like is pretty strong. Oh, my God. This one is a pretty huge slam dunk, both by the name of the brewery and the beer itself. This is a beer called the Lakeside Kolsch, right? Very nice. So we're right on the edge of a lake, or this whole movie pretty much takes place there. And the brewery is Lake of the Woods Brewing Company. Fucking nailed it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it was just too easy. This was a layup. I think half the beers on their website would have worked, too. They had a whole bunch, obviously, lake-related beers. So lots of choices here. You've chosen a Kolsch for us because I think you wanted a crusher today. Did I choose something? You chose this. Uh, maybe I did. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy a good crusher, too, so the Kolsch should be easy to drink. This place is a, a, a cool brewery. Uh, they actually have a huge history. They first opened in 1898. So originally, damn, yeah, 
Yeah, so this brewery historically is over 100 years old. They shut down, though, in the 50s because the big breweries kind of took over the market and they didn't have anything there. And it was brought back in 2013. Fucking stand on your soapbox for this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that this is a story of like coming back despite those big breweries. Uh, what I think is also really cool is that it's both located in Ontario, in Manitoba, and in the U.S., in Minnesota. So this one has reach. You can find these beers all over the U.S. and all over Canada. So if you're a listener not from the Ontario area, you're actually going to be able to find a bunch of Lake of the Woods stuff. So that's sweet. Cool. Yeah, you had a problem last week when we had the Miller High Life as part of our Champagne and Bullets episode. You really, I know ethically you struggled with that one very much. <laughs> I mean, we can probably criticize Miller considerably for their impact on other Well, shit, we can. No, 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 no. Do not fucking drag the Miller name. <laughs> I mean, if there is one conglomerate of like large breweries that I am more down with, it is probably Miller, though. I was going to say, they're the cleanest of all yeah. in my mind. Yeah, me yeah. too. And I think maybe your love of Miller High Life has sort of had an impact on me and my feelings on that, too. There this you is, go. This is sort of your... Your beer. You introduced me to it, and I haven't been able to uh, hate or stop drinking it since. That's the spirit. So we are going to try this Lakeside Colch. Do you want to just get into it right now or what? Yeah, let's crack it open. So we kind of start with some kind of like explosion effect, and then from there we fade in on a dirty lake. Or at least it seems that way based on the underwater camera giving us a dirt's eye view of something moving beneath the surface. We get closer and closer, alternating between above and below the water shots until we can finally see what it is. It's a hot lady. She stares deep into the camera and a sexy voice says, Hi, Johnny. I'm not sure if producer John watches the movie, but if he did, what do you think? Boner level 10? <laughs> I don't know. The voice was pretty creepy. It had this sort of synthesized effect. Oh, it's ominous, but I didn't mind. <laughs> I don't know if that says more about you or this movie. I think probably. it's probably the first <laughs> probably, part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we transition from this creepy lady into what? That's Movie John. Movie John wakes up and he begins packing a bag after presumably cleaning his sheets. What we find out after he leaves his rustic home is that he and some friends are going on a trip. Now, one of those friends, Kitty, is the one who appears in his dream. And what I learned from their car ride is that literally every dude in this car wants her. It turns out John isn't even her boyfriend. He's a different passenger named Matt. Meanwhile, Simon, the driver, almost crashes the car when her and Matt are making out because he's just fucking leering at them. And Zeke, the token nerd friend, basically tells her she should be with him instead, but in that way where he can play it off as a joke, but he'd still totally do it if she ever actually says yes. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting, right? We start out with that Johnny character, and I'm wondering why we're starting with him. They're making kind of creepy vibes. It seems like his bedroom is full of like horror movie props and stuff. I'm not sure, but you're right. Everybody in this vehicle seems like they have had sex with our kitty character. Meanwhile, there's some other perfectly attractive girls sitting there getting no attention. What the fuck, man? She seems nice. Well, I... I <laughs> <laughs> she does. Yeah, why isn't Debbie getting the same attention as Kitty? And I think we find out a little bit later that it's because she is also into Kitty. Uh, I got vibes that later on, too. We'll talk about that for sure. Now, we should have mentioned here that Zeke is specifically a film nerd. He's got, like, a GoPro with him, which allows him to film them all at various times and basically explain to the audience exactly who they are. And who he is is an annoying fuck. I am immediately questioning why these other characters would be hanging out with him. Like, is he growing weed or maybe he helps him cheat on tests or something? Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those friends that you kind of had to have when you were little. 
like before they developed a super annoying character. So like before they started being an asshole, but why you keep them around is a good question. He was like very invasive. Like you were saying, he was saying things that were extremely sexual. To he gets Kitty. worse as it goes along too, just worse and worse. I, I actually wondered whether you would like this guy because of his love of film and movies. I was wondering going in whether you would feel like some kind of connection to this guy not that like he's clearly nah, overboard annoying but well, that's the, he's the worst kind of fucking film nerd he's the one that thinks he comes up later he thinks like he's an artist and he has this incredible vision for fucking whatever and really he's just a creep who's filming his friends now after all this totally organic character introduction we arrive at the lake of the woods apparently they're going to have to travel to johnny's family cabin by boat but we get a couple of weird exchanges before they do First, Johnny pulls Kitty off to the side and asks her to wear something around her neck to keep her safe. That would be a huge red flag for me. And then the neighbor, Mr. Parks, comes by to basically ask Johnny what the hell he's doing bringing people here. Johnny tells him, uh, We're just going to, you know, cross the lake and then party, have some fun. You know better than that, Johnny. Um, yeah. I, I, I won't let anybody get into the water. Don't worry, I'll make sure. But Parks basically tells him they're all going to die. And we already know the answer to this, but you were very excited to see a prophetic old man here. Oh, yeah. I love the Mr. Parks introduction. Now, while they're doing all of this, while they're driving through the woods and while we're getting these introductions to all the characters, they're doing some pretty effective camera shots and cinematography. Like, they're starting to build it up as a fairly scary or intimidating place. They use music and or sound a lot to push the sort of creepiness of the mood. And I think Parks is the first kind of jump scare, too. The way that he pops into it and finds Johnny, we get a bit of a jump scare. But I'm definitely feeling some building horror vibes. Yeah, I mean, he comes out of nowhere. He just shows up, like, out of the woods. He just appeared like magic. There he is. It was like a hand on the shoulder of Johnny from behind. Yeah. Johnny was busy putting on, like, getting ready to go. He was, like, I don't know, cleaning up his hatchet or something. There was some kind of, like, preparation for getting out there. Yeah, I, you mentioned the music. I don't know, man. The music, to me, seems like it's, A, very heavy-handed, but also, at times, like, it's totally all over the place. I did not think the music was good in this movie at all. I think we're going to have to debate that one a little bit. I think you're right. I think at times it was very much telling what was going to happen. And then other times I think they intentionally chose music that was um, like the antithesis of what you were supposed to be feeling, right? Like they were making it the opposite. Well, of yeah, that's kind of what I mean. It's very yeah. weird. But I think that was done intentionally to like add to the feeling or mood. I will agree with you about the cinematography. They kind of they cut back and forth between like our regular camera and Zeke's GoPro. So, like, you, you're getting a little bit like that found footage thing almost, kind of, right? Which is, like... It reminded me Blair Witch yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of that. Like, obviously, that's the inspiration for the use of those kind of cameras. But we also get, like, a lot of over-top drone footage. And we also had mm. footage of the sky or the treetops sort of cut in to kind of build the mood or the location where they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that one for sure. That whole nobody goes in the water thing, that lasts about 15 fucking seconds. As they aren't even halfway across the lake before Matt decides to jump in. Kitty, too, and the other girl. And we learn here that Johnny has absolutely zero control over his friends. Simon starts shooting fireworks off into the water. Zeke is thirstily trying to film the girls in their swimsuits. We can fucking w off later. This is all very disrespectful <laughs> to whatever spirit or creature is lurking in the lake. And sure enough, something suddenly jostles the boat. Now, what do you think here? Aggressive sea monster or just Matt fucking around? <laughs> Yeah, it's clear based on the visit from Mr. Parks, and also they threw in some stuff earlier. There was, like, a newspaper article posted on Johnny's wall that said, like, 
hoax or horror at the lake kind of stuff. So we know that there's something in this lake. What I was baffled by was why Johnny was not like stronger at telling them there's a fucking problem. That's why he's the real villain of this movie. He should have told them about all of this. This is all entirely his fault. I mean, one, I guess bringing them to this lake sounds dangerous, but not trying to convince him to go in. He just seemed useless. It seemed like he was only really there or the only character he had a connection with, though, was Kitty. Like, I don't think he even gave a fuck about anyone else on that boat. Ah, so this is actually interesting because at the very end, we're jumping ahead here, one of the characters suggests that maybe he did this on purpose. And so is there a chance that he has lured them here to basically kill all the other dudes in her life so it's just him and her? Is that possible? I think it's plausible. I think that it's definitely plausible. Other than the fact that he's made out to be a, like, kind character or, like, a caring kid. Kind like his grandfather, Mr. Parks tells us that Yeah, so I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Like, I think he's doing it because Kitty knows that he's got this place on the island and they all want to have a last hurrah before they have to move off. We're told that these people just graduated high school despite them being in their 30s, clearly. No, I disagree. I We're going to argue with this. I think they are like mid-20s at most. They look pretty young. I think they did a good job finding young actors for this. See, I disagree right away. I, know, I was fine. like, oh my God, I think these are way too old to be portraying We've teenagers. We've seen way, way older actors playing teenagers. You're telling me Matt is not in his 30s? No, I think he looks like he could credibly pass for like 26, 27. He's supposed to be 19 or 18. Well, he's not fucking 30. That's what I'm saying. He's in his 30s. No, fucking, I, uh, no. no, I thought it was awful. I thought the choice of the people who are like graduating high school was way, way, way too old. Oh, disagree. Yeah. But who's fucking with the boat? So it is Matt. It Matt's, is Matt. Matt's course, fucking yes. with the boat. He's gone underneath. Matt is our stereotypical like football player. Jock. The wrestler is. Yeah, there's in the wrestling team. Oh, I thought they also said he was playing. He probably did more than one sport as well. Yeah. So he is sort of the alpha male on this trip, and they make that clear. And Kitty's here with him. Simon's his brother. He's kind of like the smart member of that partnership. But he's also also a jock. He's the second best wrestler on the wrestling team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so he's sort of playing second fiddle to his brother, right? We've got the movie star. We don't really know what Johnny is, except for he's kind of like the creepy outdoorsy guy. I don't know. Indigenous? I, d- I don't think so. He's dressed in kind of a 90s grungy kind of outfit. I got yeah. him more as like a, a grunge style kind of kid or character. Yeah, the uh, we're trying to figure out when this movie happens. It's like an old-timey cell phone, but it's like a 90s cell phone. It's like an early 2000s cell phone. I, I, I wrote down 90s cell Nokia, phone when he, when he did it, but then later they talked about tweeting, so it couldn't have That's been, true. right? So I was actually struggling to place it time-wise because they were showing things that felt very 90s, but then they were throwing in references that are certainly past that. Maybe it's just timeless. <laughs> are you <laughs> calling this a timeless <laughs> film? We'll oh get to our God. Okay, so Anyway, so Matt shakes up that boat. We we get our first kind of like, well, it's our second jump scare, but our first like water scare. It wasn't a very effective jump scare. Though Matt's busy messing around with the boat, those two girls are floating in the lake, reflecting on the end of high school and reminiscing about fun old times. This includes a cherished memory of a trip to summer camp where they may or may not have made out. This is where you got those vibes, right? There was something going on there. There is definitely an insinuation that the two of them at that summer camp. (laughs) Exactly. That that is absolutely what happened. That's right. It's funny. This is where you're like, all of them have banged Kitty except She's open for business. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am all for her exploring herself sexually. Oh, absolutely. But I think there is some shaming going on in the writing of this film. Big time. 
So anyway, Matt heads back over to where they are, but the boat is still being jostled. Not only that, we quickly see the unmistakable wake of something else swimming towards Matt and the girls. And this is another example of where Johnny probably could have shown a little more urgency about getting them back in the boat. He's kind of like, all right, guys, come on, time to go. Like, dude, something's fucking swimming at them. Get on your horse, start yelling. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. There is not enough urgency here. They, all three of them kind of realize something's up when they see almost like a Jaws-like... Uh, shadow or movement underneath the water. Boy, are they in for a surprise. This is significantly below Jaws quality <laughs> for... <yeah. laughs> well, I want to talk about this a bit when we'll we get, get to it. We'll get to it very soon. Very yeah. soon. Yeah. They manage to get back to the boat, but in all the commotion and haste to get back on board, one of the oars falls out. No problem, says the girl who's not Kitty. She reaches out to grab it, but something rises up out of the water and tries to bite her. And that something... Is this a big fish? Yeah, it's, it's a just, giant it's fish. It's a large fish. Um, <laughs> it's not a monster. It's just a big fish. I mean, it's a lake monster. It is a massive fish. It has very large teeth. Bass? Was it a bass? It could have been. It had similar things to a bass, Fuck but those man. teeth were not bass. Like I, so this is one that I struggle with because it is not great. Like it's not. No, it is not. It's not great, but it does look like a large freshwater fish. Right, but inherently a large freshwater fish on the surface does not seem scary. A Um, shark is scary. A large freshwater fish. So I'm going to debate that a little bit, and this goes back to my consumption of river monsters. So I was kind of trying to have that inner debate with myself. I was like, how possible is this? I mean, it was bullshit because it was hilarious and huge and had a giant eye, but it actually didn't seem that impossible to me. All I know is, this is where I started getting nervous, and in my mind, I was like, is this just a freshwater version of Birdemic? Is that what we're getting here? <laughs> well, it's definitely a lower-budget version of Jaws. Like, they're definitely playing on that idea. Yes, 100%. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, we know that's a formula that is really good and successful, but we also know, based on our... Jaws the Revenge? It's yeah. diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so... I I didn't hate the fish they created. It was fairly menacing. Wow, we are. Now, I hated it. We're so far away. This is hilarious. I hated that it jumped out and got a piece of Debbie's arm, and then she bleeds out in, like, one minute. Yeah, I guess when it snapped at her, it, like, nicked an artery, and she does start bleeding a lot. Well, not a lot. I don't think they had the budget for a lot of blood, but we're led to believe from the characters' reactions that this is not good. And sure enough, despite them shittily trying to rig up a tourniquet with a belt and some rope, she bleeds out right in front of them. So congratulations, Zeke. You made your first snuff film. (laughs) Oh, my God. He says he was filming her while she stopped, like, moving. Yeah, there was no sexual component to this, though. You don't need a sex component in a snuff film. Snuff film can just be murder. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard. (laughs) But nobody was actually murdered. This is someone killed by a fish. The fish just fucking murdered? What's her name? (laughs) I don't think that fish knew what it was doing. All Um, I know is Zeke was recording her as the light of life flickered out in her eyes. And he's really creepy. He is just spending most of his time watching her die and record. The tension here sucks. Like, the acting is awful, and the Uh, tension is really bad here. The tension sucks. I wouldn't say the acting is awful. Oh, my God. I hated their responses (laughs) to how this happened. I thought it was really, really bad in this post-death scene. I don't know, man. Again, we're kind of disagreeing here, but either way, this shit is real now. And as they attempt to make their way back to shore, we see the giant fish circling the boat and occasionally smashing into it. Now, I will say, their reactions here are hilarious. A couple of the characters start yelling at it. I will not take this! Like, are you expecting an answer? Like, come on. Yeah, I think one of them yells that you already got Debbie. Like, clearly the fish is hungry. 
yeah. He wants to eat. He, I think, yeah, it's exactly what it is. He wants to eat them. Yeah, that's exactly what he wants. I think he's also pissed that they were, like, disrespecting the lake. I think there's some of that in here, or they're trying to suggest that this monster, like, doesn't want people in the lake. If they hadn't been lighting off those fireworks and fucking around, maybe they would have been fine. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible, but like I said, they're in it now. And after a close call involving Simon and their last oar, tempers start to flare, with most of the anger correctly being aimed at Johnny. This is exactly who they should be mad at. I mean, he told them not to get in the water. He warned them against swimming. With no details. Guys, don't go in the water. It's too cold, he said. Not, hey, there's a giant fucking fish that's going to eat everyone. Would you have believed me if we went on a fucking trip to a lake and I told you you can't go swimming because there's a man-eating fish in there? It's not about believing you. At least if you had told me and I make a decision, if it happens, I can't be mad at you. I'd be like, fuck, you weren't lying. <laughs> yeah, but you would absolutely still go in that lake if you were determined right, to have but a good we're, time. We're, we're past that now. We're in the postscript of this fish attack. Now it is about Johnny not giving them the information. He what they do with the information? To, he told them not to he go in the didn't water. He tell them there was a giant fish. He said it was too cold. But he expected them to not believe him. He assumed rightly that they wouldn't believe him if they said there was a giant man-eating fish in this water. He says, I didn't think you guys would go in the water as a justification for the whole trip. Because they're like, why the fuck did you bring us here? Now Debbie is dead and more deaths coming. And he's like, I don't think you go in the water. Fuck that guy. They are right too mad at him. No, I think that's bullshit. I think that he didn't need to tell them that there was a giant fish because they would have never believed it. Now that he they tells know, them they and know. he's off the hook. Yeah, they would have never believed him. But that's on them at that point, not on him. <laughs> Either way, they are fucked now. <laughs> they well, both they, oars they, are gone. They shouldn't be fucked. They're fucked. Both oars are gone, <laughs> and the boat is slowly taking on water. And despite Simon stabbing the fish, it is most definitely not dead. So it's time for a good old-fashioned brainstorming session. The group concludes their best chance of getting out of this is to pitch the dead girl over the side, and while the fish is presumably eating her, they can all paddle as hard as they can to hopefully get to the other side. But we're only 30 minutes into this movie, so I don't like their chances. No, you know that they're not getting away here, and we're getting to what is the most frustrating part of this movie for me. The lake that they're on is fucking tiny. They're not on a big lake. One, there's a there's there's a couple problems with that. One, the first one is a giant fish is not going to grow in a small lake. If there's not enough things for it to eat. It shouldn't be there. Two, they could have fucking dove out of the boat and swam to the side in less than a fucking minute. You can see the shore at all times from where they are. There's all never times. a moment where you can't see the shore, which comes up later in hilarious fashion also. Yeah, so like the fact that they are now trapped in this boat because they don't have oars is bullshit. <laughs> like absolutely fucking insane to me they're like we're gonna distract this thing by throwing debbie's corpse into the water and they're all just like oh yeah that's a really good idea they all agree immediately well hang on kelly pushes kitty, back a little kitty, oh kitty, sorry yeah kitty yeah kitty sorry. pushes back just a tiny bit but everyone else is just like yeah she's fucked already she is she's dead what do you like, well you can't kill her again no i'm not disagreeing but it's just madness that they're like okay let's dump her in and then we're gonna paddle oh with God. our hands and we're gonna go nowhere and then and when the fish gets back after eating Debbie in like one second, we're just fucked in the same position again. Well, I was going to say, if you think that's madness, there's a lot more madness oh coming. And yes, this plan fails miserably, but Matt has a stroke of genius and decides to break the lid off their cooler to use that as a paddle. But then he gets distracted by Simon, which allows the fish to also destroy the cooler lid. Come on, guys. Oh, my God. Bad job. Yeah, it is brutal. Um, 
what I'm trying to figure out is how much of this is a commentary on how fucking stupid people Young who people are. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so bad. They just keep like getting worried about their own issues and fighting internally rather than getting themselves to shore. I don't understand how they're stuck in this situation. Obviously, it's so that this movie can happen. And yeah. I know that I need to suspend belief because it is a movie. But no, this, you should suspend disbelief, not uh, belief. Oh, yeah. If you're, you're suspending right. belief, yeah. then that's yeah. a real commentary on what they've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, almost done this course, thankfully. It's getting me through uh, talking about this. It's a crusher. <laughs> so uh, with that having failed, it's back to the drawing board. And their next plan is a shittier version of the first plan. They dump all the snacks out of the cooler, hoping the fish will eat those and they can paddle some more. And that fails even faster than the first plan, causing Simon to throw a low-grade baby tantrum. Oh, not let that thing control us! I'm starting to see why this got recommended to us. I fucking hate <laughs> hate the Simon character. His increasingly incredulous reactions to the fish attacking them was fucking hilarious for me. I was laughing every time. He just grows into a psychopath, though. They all do. But he's the worst psychopath out of the group here. Like He's, it's he's all a true psychopath. Yeah. He is a legit psychopath. Yeah. The one thing that is frustrating for me is that they dump all these snacks out of the boat and into the Buys water. Buys them no time at all. Buys them nothing. But we clearly see the wind blow all of the snacks to the side of the fucking lake, to the bank. What's going to happen to a boat when it's windy out? Oh, no. Hang on. It's pretty calm waters. And that boat, as they point out later, has a lot of weight in it. It's it, a lot of people in that boat. If Big you lake, go Take a boat out on the lake and you want to go fishing. What do you have to do so you stay in the same anchor. spot? Yeah. yeah. Was there zero anchor employed no here? Anchor. No. This boat would have blown to the side in about 45 minutes. The only anchor is the script that is yes. given us. Yes, it's the plot <laughs> that they've chosen to go with. If they could have found a location with a bigger lake and no wind, then this would have been plausible to that me. That would have cost money, though. Well, Listen, yeah. they are in a serious situation, and that means it's time for some serious drama. Oh, my God. We're getting Survivor <laughs> now. Is this what you're about to talk about here? Holy fuck. Zeke says what nobody wants to, that they only had time to paddle when the fish was distracted by a large meal, e.g. a human body. So that's what has to go back into the water, and they decide to vote on who it should be. This scene is absolutely hilarious as they all give speeches to justify why they shouldn't be the one who goes in. And some of these speeches are pretty thin. Zeke is going to change the world through his filmmaking and Kitty's going to be a star. At least Matt and Simon are realistic about theirs. I'm strong and you need me to paddle. Yeah, that's logical. I hated this. <laughs> like, I did laugh, actually. To be honest, I was laughing yeah. so hard. In a way, it's the most ridiculous scene in the whole movie. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we've all seen Survivor. We understand what this is. This is Lord of the Fly shit. This well, is not yeah, Survivor. It's, they it's are making that, tough right? decisions yeah. about who lives and who dies. Yeah, and but the way that Zeke goes on this fucking monologue and then it leads to everyone his kind art's of, gonna change the world none of them are gonna ever make the impact that his art makes oh my god so we get into this we start voting and this is where we get more of that how does Kitty feel about Johnny and we know Johnny's in love with Kitty right we're yep. getting more of this relationship but in the end it comes down to a 2-2 tie here we have Johnny with two votes for him and we have Zeke for two votes for him and the tying vote is going to go to Matt he has to make the decision whether it is to keep his annoying film loving friend or filmmaking friend or the guy who used to f*** his current girlfriend which one do you think he's going to choose well yes perhaps sensing that Johnny has eyes for his lady 
Matt obviously chooses him, or maybe he's just mad that Johnny brought them all here, which is pretty legit, or maybe his reasoning that Johnny has a better chance of fighting off the fish than the fucking nerd does is also correct. Either way, Johnny is the choice, and he tasted like a man diving into the water after first promising Kitty that he'll come back for her. But as we see the fish gaining on him as he swims away, we get the impression that that might not be true. I didn't believe that for a second. That he'd be back or that he wouldn't be back? That he wouldn't be back. Well, I mean, yeah. We don't We don't actually see him <laughs> you, die, you which is, You don't see him yeah. get attacked, and he's wearing the special fish tooth necklace. You know that this guy's fucking safe. But hang on. They kind of surprise us later in that regard. I... Oh, actually, I do agree with that, and we'll talk about it when we get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, this Johnny character is fucking safe. He's getting to shore, and he's going to come back. Whether that's going to be good or bad for everyone, I'm not sure at this time. I'm really struggling because I don't like any of these characters. Oh, my God, dude. Well, yeah, I'll mention that later in my rating as well, but that is the biggest problem I had with this movie is none of these characters are likable. The thing that made Jaws great is is well there's a few things you like the characters you like the characters you care you're invested absolutely quint that old fucking salty uh former navy guy fucking great shit the sheriff richard dreyfus is that marine biologist they're all good characters that you like are rooting for in different ways i'm happy for all of these 30 year olds to get fucking munched on by this (laughs) this fish like i don't give a shit about matt simon or the kitty character yeah, I mean, I guess the other girl was pretty clean. Like, we didn't have much time to learn anything bad about her. You probably feel worse about her death than anyone else. That's the only thing yeah. I feel bad about. Yeah, in this I movie. agree. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, if you can believe it, they still aren't out of the water, and Kitty is pretty upset about them giving Johnny the old heave ho. Zeke suddenly goes full misogynist on her. What do we do? Make it back to shore? What are we gonna tell people? Well, that's a problem we'd be lucky to have. Okay, sweethearts, how about you stop wearing your pretty little head about it and leave the talking to us men. Just fucking throw him in the water already. We're all waiting for it. <laughs> this is awesome. I love that in my notes, this is a section where I'm like, I wonder how Coop feels about the Zeke character. He's a piece of shit, and I cannot <laughs> wait for him to die. I literally wrote that in there, which was hilarious. I am at here questioning why all of them are not just diving in and swimming to shore. Like, why are you all not just Free going for, for it? Yeah. Everyone for themselves. Yeah. The fish go. can't get all of them. It's a smart yes. move. Yeah, I'm It's like, a much smarter move than all the things they've tried and all the things they will try. I know. And I'm just like, this is clearly the strategy if you need to get there. You're not that far from shore. But yeah. I Plus, mean, you know what would help with that? Everyone has a clean conscience in that one. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're not sending somebody to their fucking death so that you can doggy paddle for like, I don't know, 15 seconds and bring the boat nowhere. In water, you could probably stand up and you're so fucking close to shore. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, as it turns out, we don't have to wait long for them to fucking pitch old Zeke out. As with Johnny presumably dead and them still miles from the shore, <laughs> they, decide, they decide to run back the whole human sacrifice thing. Now, oh my Zeke God. knows, Zeke knows, he doesn't have the vote, so he makes several aggressive moves here to try and sway their judgment. He tells Matt that Simon and Kitty have been hooking up because, again, she's just fucking and open for business and when that doesn't work he doubles down on the misogyny by basically arguing that as a girl she's the most useless and therefore expendable but blood is thicker than water even blood filled water so they toss Zeke overboard and here comes the Oscar reel oh my god yes Zeke Zeke fucking goes for it here uh, this is the most overacted character in the entire thing for sure Yes. Yeah, Zeke tries so hard He's in this trying, whole thing. I haven't seen uh, attempted acting this hard since we watched fucking No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he's trying way harder than Hogan tried. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is low praise. Yeah, so he, he gets in this water, and then even while he's in the water, he's splashing around trying to convince him to let him back in. I am yelling at the screen right now. 
I am literally yelling, swim to shore, you fucking <laughs> idiot, because he's not far. The other thing I'm yelling is, flip the boat. Mm. It would not be hard for him to go underneath and flip the boat, and then they're all in the water on their own. And he doesn't all he have is, the strength for that. It he's is a fucking weakling. He doesn't have the fucking arm or leg strength. The, thing the boat no is already chance. leaking. The boat doesn't has matter. a giant bite doesn't out of the matter. right side. He doesn't got it. No, no it does not take that much to be Dude, able to flip the boat. He can't put his feet down. He's all legs kicking. So he can't oh, the hurt. No, fuck no. I feel like he could have got under there and pulled down on the one side. No. And then everyone's out of that boat. And then he swims to shore. He does the opposite. He takes a stand against the fish. It's so brutal. Oh, my God, dude. This is incredible. Where are you, bitch? I'm watching. I'm ready. Jesus Christ, man. We alternate between Zeke's GoPro and our regular camera as the fist just fucking mauls him. Now, it is very frantic and bloody, and because of how low budget the fish is, pretty fucking hilarious. But nothing is better than what we get when the fish is done feeding. A shot of Zeke's severed arm with the GoPro still around the wrist floating away. This shit was outstanding. Come on. Uh, So... This, I actually felt, was like one of the worst effect shots. Oh, my God. Well, the effects are terrible, but yeah. as an entertaining scene, oh, I, I was it. laughing my I, fucking I ass off. I liked the arm floating that away. That arm popped me so hard. I like what was left, but I actually felt like the severed arm was one of the worst makeup and effects parts of this. Oh, it looks awful. It's so fake looking. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, and we're going to disagree on this, I think, I actually felt like the makeup and effects No. The were, fish? Uh, were Oh, I, dude, it's terrible. I kind of think the fish is what a giant, like, river monster fish would look like. Those eyes don't look like okay. real eyes. Come on. I, I think it could have been better. But I also think, <laughs> I, also, I also don't hate it. Like, this was actually, I went through this debate with myself about ten times in this movie. Yeah. Because I was like, is the fish good or is the fish it's not, not good. good? No, it's not. I don't think it's that bad. You know what's funny is, I went through this debate with myself about ten times in the movie. And like, is this movie good or is this movie bad? <laughs> And we're going to determine this we all are. at yeah. the end. So we've lost Zeke, but what's hilarious is his severed arm with the GoPro was floating <laughs> towards shore, as the boat should have this entire fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, man. So we are down to three, and Kitty can't be feeling good about her chances, but there is one thing that might turn things around for her. It's Johnny. He wakes up on the shore still alive, which, why was he unconscious? Did he drown? And if so, did the fish drag him to shore? Like, I know he's wearing that thing that's supposed to protect him, but then why did the fish swim after him in the first place? There is no answers for any of this, but you know what there is? A fucking boat sitting right there beside him. That's lucky. I mean, that boat was there before. We knew it was Mr. Parks. He was working on the engine beside it. He was working on an outboard engine, which is actually awesome because it's what is on the can of this lake. Uh, yeah, this connection, again, very it's strong. really, really good. So he was working on that outboard motor. That's why he was in the woods in the first place to see John and all of his friends there. So it was kind of funny. So he gets back to shore. You're right. He shouldn't have been passed out. You know what? He shouldn't have even been winded. But he wakes up from being tired from getting to shore, I guess, and he sees that this boat is here and the motor's there. Now, they're not attached, so he's going to have to spend some time attaching that outboard motor before he can go try to help. So we're going to head back and see some of what is happening in the middle of the lake. Yeah, on the original boat, tensions are running high as Kitty and Simon both try to convince Matt that Zeke was lying about their hooking up. And it kind of seems to work as they decide to move on and make a new plan to reach the shore. Dump out all the extra weight, bags, etc. They should have done fucking four hours ago. And paddle with the cooler since the lid got snatched by the fish. 
You'll never believe it, but the cooler immediately gets snatched by the fish. Like, the second they put it in the water. Jesus Christ. This was hilarious. I laughed really hard when that happened. Um, they also, while they're dumping everything out, find a hatchet. They do, yes. And that was, we knew that was in Johnny's bag. He had brought it along, and I'd wondered why it hadn't come out to try to sort of stop this fish beforehand. But <laughs> it comes out, and the next time that the fish comes, we think, wow, they all have a weapon. They're going to use it against it. But both Strong Matt and Simon kind of cower away. And who's the one who kind of goes on the attack here? Oh, it's Kitty, man. She manages to get a few whacks at it with that hatchet, which uh, scores her some dude points with Matt and Simon. And in the distance, they hear the sound of a boat approaching. Now, we know this is Johnny. Kitty seems a little too excited to see him for my money. And despite the fact that this should be a relatively clean rescue, Johnny is a little nervous about Matt and Simon tossing him out of the boat again if he lets them on board. Which, like, Why? They have a new boat with a working motor. They don't need to kill anybody. But what's even weirder is, it seems like Matt and Simon are actually thinking about doing this. What is going on here? Yeah, I'm questioning the exact same thing. And right in my notes, I have, why are they still fighting, right? They yeah. have an escape. It's clear that they can get out of here if they're not being assholes. But then it sort of goes to the, why did they come to this lake with the murderer fish in the first place, right? Like you're Johnny's trying to kill him? Well, maybe, right? You know, and both Matt and Simon have shown that they're pieces of shit. They really are. Right? Have like, they got a taste for blood now, like that fish? It, it seems like Simon does. He is also, like, throwing out pussy-licking kind of motions at Kitty and, like, making creepy eyes. Like, he is doing that now that Zeke is gone and they can't prove that they've had that relationship. Yeah, he's not there to film it, so. He's confirming that this is a thing, though, and that he has been screwing around with his brother's girlfriend. They're brothers. We didn't mention that. They're brothers. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so weird, right? So we've got this all going on. Johnny's here with a motorboat, right? He's ready to save them. He has kind of a pathetic throw of the rope over to them to try to get them to attach it. The I first thought it was time. on purpose. I was taunting them. I thought it was on purpose. Like, oh, oh. I couldn't get it. So sorry, so close. Uh, you hoping reach that, in for it, guys. Yeah, yeah. you're hoping that they would get fished. I don't know, because then he pulls it back out and does a good throw the next time, and they catch it. Then we get the most baffling, and I don't understand, scene in this entire movie. Well, okay. It's baffling except for the part, like, like you just said, all of these characters are complete pieces of shit. And we're seeing that as we go along here. So what happens is... Johnny's got the rope tied to his boat, and they tie it to the original boat. But then the fish comes and bumps Johnny's boat, even though he's wearing the protective necklace, doesn't make any sense, and that causes his boat to start spinning, and the rope ends up, like, trapping him around the neck. And so now he is getting, like, choked by the rope. Now, in the other boat, they have the hatchet. Kitty picks it up and could easily cut the rope, and basically Simon and Matt are like, no, don't do it, let him die. And she does! Yeah, morally and just in terms of whether it's possible, it all seems so unbelievable, right? Well, no, hang on. If you don't fucking hold the motor of a boat, it will start spinning. That makes I, sense. I agree, but he could have gotten under the rope. The way that it, it gets filmed and shown, all he needed to do was lay down in the boat and it wouldn't have caught him around it's the It's not that quick. Yeah, it's not moving that quick. No, You're it's right. not. But somehow it gets around him and this is where we get... Um, our kitty character having to make the moral choice. And instead of cutting the rope and saving her ex-boyfriend, who brought out a boat to save her, she lets him fucking die. Well, like Matt says, she always looks out for number one, apparently. So he knows she's essentially just, like, fucking going to go with whoever is, like, the best option at that moment. It absolutely seems that way, right? Like, she's f***ed everyone but the nerdy film guy in this entire, like, movie. And she's willing to do whatever to get to the end if that's what makes her survive or be successful. So he gets choked out and he dies, but then we see the boat kind of flip over. 
Well, no, that happens when they try to fucking like pull it in. These three deserve everything that's coming to them. So when it does tip over, I do not feel bad for them. Same with when they somehow manage to pull it back to the surface only to have that still running motor cut the rope. But in their minds, perhaps the biggest indignity they suffer is when the fish swims right past Johnny's body without eating it. What the hell, bro? (laughs) They're like actually mad about this. Well, because they thought they were going to get another reprieve. Why they think the same strategy of putting a corpse in the water and it getting eaten instantly is going to give them enough time to get to shore, I don't understand. And yet they keep running it back. Uh, that, over that was very, very And over again. Yeah. Well, they're idiots. However, Simon snaps and in a fit of angry genius, decides to chop the bench seats in the boat to make new oars. This probably should work, but they really aren't getting closer to the shore, which leads to an absolutely incredible exchange. Are we even paddling in the... Right direction? It's a lake. Every direction leads to the shore. Not if we're going in circles, genius. I feel like they would notice if they were paddling in circles. You can literally see the shore from all points of the boat. This is a real crew of rocket scientists they got here. I'm so angry and so frustrated at this point. There's so many things that have been bothering me. One, there's no way that the motor would still be running when that other boat flipped over. And no, came I agree. In, right? yeah. It would have got flooded and be done. The fact that they didn't decide to use other materials in the boat, like the wood as a paddle earlier to get to shore is frustrating. The fact that they are literally arm's reach from the fucking shore and they can't paddle there <laughs> is also just driving me goddamn crazy. Yeah. And and I know what's coming. I know we're going to lead to another fucking animal farm boat. Yeah. Uh, that's the part of this that, for me, I'm like, what are we doing, guys? Cause, because despite being on their way... Matt decides this is the right time to bring up the whole Simon Kitty affair thing again, which results in wild allegations flying and them deciding to go back to the human sacrifice plan, but throwing Kitty in this time. There's so much that happens in this five minutes here, right? They vote off Kitty. She sort of jumps off, but instead of um, like yelling and saying she's going to fight the fish, she disappears underwater. And then we have the two brothers who end up, instead of trying to get to shore, fight it out, and they both go over. Simon takes a swing with the hatchet at his brother, Matt. After they've made peace, and they're like, we'll start paddling. Why is he trying to kill his brother? I don't know, but instead of hitting him, he misses and almost gets, he gets hit in the head and starts bleeding everywhere himself. His brother jumps out to save him, and then in one of those, like, what do we call it? If we were being chased by like a T-Rex or something, you just have to be not the slowest. It felt like that yeah. to me where, right? Like as long as you're faster than the other person, you're going to survive. But Matt's fucking tired. He's been dragging his brother's carcass and he's tired. And the brother's like, fuck you. And he takes off. Simon is the real fucking, this is where you're like, how do you debate that Simon is not the like worst character or the villain of this movie? I, I go back to, this is all Johnny's fault and not a good look for Kitty. Any part of this. The <laughs> fact that she's just switching allegiances based on who's going to get her across the finish line. Not a good look. I know. No, but I, I agree with both of those perspectives, but I also think that Johnny's intent wasn't this. And we can debate that. I think you can debate that Johnny wanted to bring them here. So Simon pushes his brother away. His brother, like you said, gets eaten. We get this shot where the fish comes up and bites his body, and he's, like, <laughs> punching the fish in the head. He's with trying his, to. He's, he's going trying, down fighting. And yeah. then he gets dragged down underneath, and he's gone. And then we transitioned to seeing Kitty on top of the other boat. She survived here. Yeah, I want to give Kitty some credit. What she did was, when she went in the water, she swam under, and the motorboat was upturned, which means there's air underneath there. So she came up underneath it, was able to fucking breathe the air. They think she's gone, and they essentially leave her alone. Then she bides her time. Once they're out of the way, she climbs out and up onto that motorboat. That's really fucking clever. She's actually not in a terrible spot here, especially after she scoops that protective necklace off of Johnny's corpse. And as soon as it's off his body, the fish swims up and eats him, 
which indicates to her that the necklace really was keeping him safe, and now that she's got it, she can swim to the shore without fear of getting attacked. And she does, where she is greeted by Simon, because apparently bad guys finish first. That's what we've learned from this movie. Yeah, this was convenient timing, right? We have this moment where we transition back to her. She figures out that the necklace will keep her safe, and she swims to shore. She emerges and starts walking to shore. This is what they all should have done hours ago. Um, And Simon somehow pops out of the water behind her he should have been at shore way before this happened yes he left the boat previous to her and his brother swam him most of the way there i agree oh yeah so this was really really annoying but they need it for this culminating scene where we have two people we don't really like who are going to fight it out to see who survives she tells him that she loves him and it was always him all along and we know this psychopath is not going to buy into this bullshit Yeah, she's basically bargaining for her life here, and, you know, she tries her best with the whole I love you thing we'll be together, but let's be real, this is a hollow promise, and she saw him basically murder two people, so what do you think the play is here? Oh, Simon's about to choke her out. We know a drowning (laughs) is coming here. He grabs that safety necklace, the thing that got her to the shore without that fish eating her. And he starts, like, squeezing it and choking her, and we start having a bit of a fight here. I thought that was what was going to end her, but instead it sort of snaps, and then he pushes her head underwater. And we get her fighting back. She scratches his chest. We get, like, a good claw mark on there. But he eventually drowns her, like, just completely holds her under until she's dead. But then strangely picks her up and, like, sort of hugs her and smells her hair. (laughs) So this is kind of weird, but he is the only one left. We're kind of wondering whether he is going to walk away from this being the the one person to survive this whole thing and clearly to me he is the like psychopath who probably deserved to get out of here the least yeah i mean he's not gonna get out of here as we find out in a second we should mention also that while he was doing this night has fallen and just as he drops her limp body back into the water mr parks drives up He shines his headlights on Simon, who immediately goes into defense mode. But Mr. Parks, prophetic old guy that he is, sees right through his bullshit. Sir, you have no idea what happened, the nightmare. My my brother and my friends are... Sir, I tried to save them and I couldn't. Oh, is that what happened? And he basically tells him the lake isn't done with him yet and to get back in there. Simon is incredulous, but Parks starts shooting at him, which gets some blood in the water and attracts the fish who finishes Simon off as Mr. Parks walks away. And the last thing we see before we hit the credits is the protective necklace resting at the bottom of the lake. And I have to say, this last scene was fucking fantastic. I loved it. I so good. fucking love that Mr. Parks come back. He has the fucking arm and camera. Yeah, it floated to shore. Yeah, he it said, floated he, to shore. Wa- he watched it and has learned all about <laughs> Simon being a fucking douchebag, like a rich high school douchebag. I love that Park makes him go back in the water and then he gets finished here. Great like, shit. This is a great ending. I love the prophetic old man. I also love that the prophetic old man takes down that psychopath at the end. Oh my God, this reminded me of the Twilight Zone. Like, dude thinks he's out of the woods or in this case, the lake and there's the sudden twist and he ends up screwed. Like, I love endings like this where characters get what they deserve. And also the way they shot this was really cool, man. Mr. Parks all backlit from the headlights. He's got this like kind of glow around him and you just hear his voice as he's delivering karmic justice. Just great, great shit. And I am quite certain this affected my ratings for this movie. (laughs) Well, when you end on probably the best scene in the entire movie, it's got a bump Probably this is definitely the best scene in this movie. And and so it's hard not to walk away after that being satisfied. Like this is one of those moments where I could see 
the audience sort of being happy and clapping. Right? Yeah. Like at the yes. end of that movie, right? I could see the audience walking away and doing that. And it also makes me think that there was some intention in making it so that we hated all the characters. I have this in my mind as well. And this would probably be a great time to transition to our ratings because all this is going to like fold in for me. The way we always do this, we rate the movie on a scale of one to 10 two times, one to 10 for how bad it is, one to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales or what we call the crit 20. I want to clarify something I said earlier. I said I was debating whether this movie is bad or good. This is definitely a bad movie. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and tell you this is a good movie. It does not have like Hollywood level production budget. There are several glaring things wrong with it, but there's something here. They've got elements that I feel are like very strong. <laughs> However, <laughs> that being said, yeah, the fish effects. I think they're really bad. And the fact that the monster is just a big fish is kind of silly to me. I mentioned the music earlier. I think it's pretty awful. Tonally all over the place. Heavy handed in some scenes. Wasn't great. But, and this is a hot take that I know you don't agree with. I actually didn't think the acting was that terrible. Like nobody here is winning an Oscar despite Zeke's attempts. But we have seen much worse acting in a lot of other movies. Um, it's a horror, but there's no real scares per se. However, I thought the movie did a pretty good job of establishing stakes and building some suspense in terms of who was going to die when. Like, as much as I was, like, laughing and cringing at the whole voting someone out of the boat thing, it did create some tension, and I didn't know how everything was going to play out. As I said, that end scene, just absolute fire. Great note to end on. And so, I only have this as an eight bad. They had enough here where I feel like they did a pretty good job given their limited budget. What do you think? I think it's funny because we are at very different opinions on a lot of this stuff here. Yeah, like individual elements, right? Yes, individual yeah. elements. I thought the acting was atrocious. The Disagree. O- the only <laughs> acting I enjoyed was Mr. Parks. Well, I mean, he's the only recognizable face in a sea of unknowns. Yeah, he was the only one that pulled it off for me. I thought all of the times they were acting when they were like trying to incorporate the psychological aspects on the boat, it fell incredibly flat. But did those psychological aspects still make this interesting and create tension? Um, so I actually felt like the cinematography and music were better at building tension than the acting to me, which is completely opposite to what you had, yeah. which I thought was funny. I, I didn't like the psychological focus. I felt like I would have enjoyed this better if it was a more straightforward, like we have a monster in the lake and we're there kind of activity. Okay, but my argument for that would be without that psychological part creating the reason why someone goes in the water, you wouldn't have that. Absolutely, especially in a lake that is tiny and everyone could have gotten to the water by walking there in about five seconds, yes. Like, that is my biggest problem with this entire movie is that the major plot hole is that there's no way that anyone would be caught in the middle of that tiny lake and not get to the side and have all of that happen. It was so ridiculous, I couldn't... Like, I didn't understand how this psychological drama could happen because it was very clear how easy it would be for them to get to safety, and they didn't. Well, you've been grappling with that this whole episode. You've mentioned that many times. So going back to the rating, though, how bad did you think this movie was? With the acting, with that major plot hole, and with the sort of parts that I didn't enjoy there, 
I had this as an eight as well. See, yeah. And and I couldn't go 10 because I actually didn't hate the makeup and effects. Other, other than the other arm. Than the, the arm, arm, was, bad. The arm yeah. was bad. The arm was bad to me. I didn't hate the fish. I actually think that's kind of what a lake monster would look like. Can I can I just say, I love that they built a practical, an actual yes. tangible fish. Yeah, it they wasn't were swimming all CG. around. That was, that was good for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way they did that. I thought that was good. So, so. funnily enough, so we, we dislike different parts, but we both have the same number yes. okay how about Both enjoyability how enjoyable did you find this movie on a scale of one to ten it's definitely bad um but it the, i like the sound i like some makeup i like the pace right like there was never times where i was bored and wanting it to be just over i was frustrated that the same kind of psychological debate happened multiple times like we went through half an hour of this movie where they were fighting over the same thing but i didn't like any of these characters the only character who i kind of felt bad for at the end was debbie so I I was kind of like, oh, I don't know where this is going. But then we got the ending. Yeah. And it yeah. it blew it up for me. I was like, holy shit, I hated all of these people. And I love that they're getting that justice. Now I think the message is young people suck ass. Like that's <laughs> sort of the, they're the all message dicks. of this movie. That's yeah, what I've young they're people all are all dicks. Yeah. And we need to let the lake monster take care of them, right? And that really increased my enjoyment or ending of this. The prophetic old guy ending was fantastic. Yeah, he I, gets his moment. He gets his moment. He really had it and and so i despite sort of struggling with a lot of the middle section of this movie ended up having it as an eight enjoyable as well wow okay i went double eight yeah yeah that's god man like this is so hilarious to me because we are like right there in the same zone but we both like or dislike different parts of this i agree with you these characters are all just so fucking unlikable but in a weird way that's good as i really wanted to see them die and was happy when they did like, I love that they all fucking die because they all should die. They're all awful people. But it did make the scenes where they're not dying tough to sit through. Those moments I was kind of struggling. I thought the fish effects were hilariously low budget and that it added to my enjoyment. Simon's increasingly ridiculous reactions to the fish attacks made me laugh and did not make you laugh. And the sheer silliness of this means I definitely got something out of it. I'm not sure if I would watch this again or not. Like, I would definitely watch the end scene again. And since that happened last, I'm leaving with a pretty good taste in my mouth overall. I had this as an eight enjoyable. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Like, I had a pretty good time watching this, and I have no regrets. And I'm really glad that the fucking Cinelodge recommended this to us. Yeah, this was a really good recommendation. What a strange movie, right? Because usually when you watch a movie like this, you want a character that you can root for. I was rooting for the fish. Yeah. And maybe that's the message. We want more killer fish to take down the youth of today because they suck. And you know what? If that's Sinalaj's <laughs> message and what he wants to tell us, we're buying in here with a double eight, both of us. Yeah, man. No, I <laughs> honestly, this is a good time. I think this is a great recommendation. I was a big fan of this. What do you think of this Lakeside Kolsch? It was insanely crushable. Yeah. Very, very Gone easy to drink. Real yeah. fast. Yeah. Both of us killed it. The theme was right on point. And I think it's really cool that this brewery is in two provinces and in the U.S. and that it's available. They also have a beer that I really want to try now. When I was researching, they have this beer called Deep Six. Okay. And what it is is they put it under a lake for six months. Come on. Yeah, they they fill up this giant container with their beer and they submerge it in a lake for six months. The lake freezes over 
and then they bring it all up afterwards, and then you drink it. It's kind of like aged in a deep lake. And it, I want to try that. Are you kidding me? Sounds that sounds insane, amazing. insane, right? Yeah. So I think I'm going to try to get my hands on that if I can. If anyone knows how to get that, let us know in the comments of the Check podcast. Check their fucking yeah. website. I mean, you can order it. We're like, going for it. Although if you told me that sold out, I would believe you. Well, if that's were, my like, worry. That's this. my yeah. worry. I think that one probably sells out really quick. If we can find a way to get some of those, I think that'd be pretty fun. That might have been a fun way or a fun beer to drink for this, too, because thinking about everything beneath the surface or buried underneath. Oh, fuck yeah, man. That would have been cool. I don't think they had that when we decided to do this episode, though, but fuck, man. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah, this was uh, absolutely crushable. I think mine was dead before fucking Debbie was. I just, like, blew through (laughs) this thing like nobody's business. Yeah. And very tasty, super clean. I would drink this every day of the week. And listen, you can't trust Noel's view on this. He's an IPA guy. But as someone who likes regular beer, (laughs) let me tell you, this is the beer for everyone. It's great stuff. Check out Lake of the Woods if you haven't already because that is very, very tasty. And speaking of tasty... Next week, we're going to be watching a movie that we talked about a while back that you have never seen, which in my mind is a glaring omission from your uh, cinematic resume here. Remember when we watched Hell Comes to Frogtown starring the inimitable Rowdy Roddy Piper? Yeah, that was a fucking awesome movie. Post-apocalypse. Yeah. He is like one of the few people that can inseminate women, and That's so good. he does. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. but the real diamond in the cinematic oeuvre of Rowdy Roddy Piper is, of course, the 80s film by John Carpenter, They Live. You had never seen it before, which is shocking to me. I mean, in a way, not really. Uh, <laughs> How are you still shocked at this point? Well, I that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But it is a fucking must-see. And even though I maybe don't consider this a bad movie, and some people won't, we're going to fucking watch it next week because you've never seen it, and I think we're both in for a very good time. Oh, I'm excited. So this is going to be definitely high on the enjoyability rating, but maybe we're going to have to test our bad movie rating scale here. I mean, listen, it is an 80s kind of sci-fi horror deal, so there's lots of room in here for some hilarity and good times, and it also does star Rowdy Roddy Piper, so there's that. <laughs> so actually, it's going to be questionable, which is fair. Yeah, man, but we will enjoy that next week. We really hope you will join us for that as well. Uh, in the meantime, if you have not, please follow us on social media at the BMB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to send us emails, thebmbpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please. We love to hear from you. This, of course, was a request, and we're really glad we got it. If you have more, send them to us. We're starting to plot out, you know, season four and beyond. So let us know what you got. And we hope you will join us next week for They Live. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep out of the water. They're only friends on the surface.